Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Katie, and welcome to 360 View. This is where we explore a broad range of ideas on all things affecting your body, your wellness, and your mind. Hi everyone, and welcome back to 360. Today we're going to be discussing muscle engagement work and how we can end up getting benefit out of doing this from time to time and then incorporating into our training. So we can definitely see increases in either performance, uh, engagement work, in muscle patterning, and also to engaging the most uh, muscle fibers in each movement that we're looking at. So Katie, how do you find that the muscle engagement work that either you've done or helped people with has certainly seen uh, advancement or benefits in those um, clients or in people that you see generally in a gym environment? So I found muscle engagement work is excellent for a variety of things. First, it makes people's movements more efficient and they get more benefit out of every movement. It gives you more purpose in your training. So instead of doing, say, a deadlift just to do a deadlift because it was on the board that you had to do five reps, we then do it to get engagement through that muscle and we're making sure that everything's engaging as it should, which then in turn reduces any injuries that we see. And then from there, you can even do that muscle engagement work to train patterns to get out of injuries that are recurring. So deadlifts are a common one. We see people with recurring lower back injuries, mm. heaps and heaps. Yeah. So normally that's because hips are a little bit out of position. Those hips aren't engaged properly. Your hamstrings aren't fully engaged. That back is taking the brunt of the work. Mm. So then it's this recurring injury that happens again and again. By doing just simple muscle engagement work, we then can get them out of that pattern. And that's purely by making sure that the right muscles are switching on at the right time and you can feel it. Mm. Because if you can't feel it, you're generally not training the right thing. No, because also too, when sometimes people are told they should be feeling the hamstrings, well, sometimes they've never actually felt their hamstrings. So no. it's pretty hard to try and ask someone can you feel your hamstrings when in some cases they don't even know that's the back of their leg, the front of their leg, am I feeling my calf and I'm doing whatever. Never actually felt that is. And as we know, at end ranges of um, muscle contraction, that is the weakest part, but it's actually the one that we actually get the most feedback through our patterning to actually feel that muscle engagement. So in realistically times, when we end up with a cramp in a muscle, which is a really high contraction that's happening in there, we definitely know that our brain is engaged with that muscle because Ooh, yeah. if you don't feel your foot engaged with a cramp or a calf, everyone hasn't had one of those ones that feels like someone needs to smack it out of their muscle, you've never had that feeling, then you don't have that connection with that muscle. But as soon as you've got something like that happening, you definitely know that you're feeling what you should be feeling. I definitely know that muscle is there. You know that muscle's there. It's taking it to its absolute maximum contraction. And it's it's not it's not a general cramp where you're sleeping at night and you get a cramp in your mm. calf and you have to sit there and wait it out. That is not what we ask no, people no, to do. No, it's not it's taking your muscle to its absolute shortest range so that then you can feel the maximum contraction mm. of that muscle, which then evokes a cramp response and as soon as you release tension on that muscle that cramp is gone because also too we're trying to end up seeing that mind muscle connection so we're actually trying to ask your brain and your and your nervous pattern like so your central nervous system to actually engage with that muscle and ask it to do something yeah. we want to make sure that we're knowing that's what's happening we know that your brain is engaged with it we also know it's it's similar to when uh, the first time when you started driving a car you were very uh, engaged with what was happening. You know exactly where you were going. Your hands on the gear, hands on the uh, steering wheel, 
gear stick, what am I doing, shifting, indicators, left, right, look out, back, watch mirrors, everything like that. But as we start to do that more and more and more, it gets more comfortable. Suddenly it becomes a bit autonomous. We're not really thinking about that, sort of happens. Uh, no, sometimes you still need to be able to be shocked back into that muscle patterning, which in that case, we're comparing it to driving, but it's a similar sort of system. It's a perfect analogy That's for it. it. Because at the start, you have to practice driving a lot to make sure that you're safe, mm. to make sure that everything you're doing on the road is safe. Same thing with muscle patterning. At the start, you need to practice it a lot. You need to be doing this muscle engagement work when you first start training to make sure that all of your movements for the rest of your life are safer and they're going to be doing exactly what we need it to do autonomously. Mm. So without you having to think about it. But at the start, if you were to skip over all of that work when you start driving, chances are you're going to be a pretty scary driver for the rest of your life. And we know some of them around. We know a few of those around. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But if we spend that time at the start, then you know you're all set. So with muscle engagement work, we do a high volume at the start and that slowly decreases because then your training takes over that muscle engagement work. Mm, and that so becomes autonomous. Autonomous, because all of a sudden, every time you deadlift now, your hamstrings are engaged, they're on immediately. The only time we might have to do it is if something's out of position, maybe you've slept funny and you find, oh, I really need to get this muscle engaging again because I can't feel it today. And that might happen once in a blue moon, once you've trained it initially. And you'll, and you'll start to feel that because some days you'll come in and you'll, you'll think about training the, the normal normal muscle major ones that we do the um the squat the pressing and the deadlifting that happens in most people's patterning whether it's bilateral unilateral whether we're doing it two legs or singular that starts to happen we suddenly find that oh it doesn't feel right for the day maybe that's a time for you when you're training to cut back and go back to doing something where it's a lighter load and it's also to a bit slower so you're going back into a slow patterning to make sure that then when you're getting that engagement you can start feeling it again it might only take you a couple of sets of something for that day maybe your body's needing that and maybe you're going through there and then suddenly you're like hey, this is now feeling a bit better and I can suddenly feel everything going again. Okay, let's start picking it up or let's go with something that we're looking for as whether it's a strength yeah. or, or, or a hypertrophy. It's something. that temporary slow back. That's what we want. As soon as you do a temporary slow back, then you can speed up more from there. We're not telling people to go slow all the time. That's no. absolutely not the purpose because we do get such a benefit from high intensity, from moving that little bit quicker. We need to slow down for a period of time in order to speed up and get the benefit from it without having those and we're building it's continually building so we're definitely looking for that training and then also too as we've spoken about before is then that um rebound or that recurring where we're looking for that compensation to happen so we definitely need to obviously see that bit of a dull or a lull in that training but then also to then to pick up but this is helping you make sure that when you're doing stuff at that increased pacing you're able to make sure that the same muscles are engaged and we're not ending up with bad, like little smaller muscles taking over because yeah. body is very good as making sure that we can try and conserve energy uh, to use bigger muscles and making little muscles take over and by using them for jobs that bigger muscles should be doing. Exactly. And just to be clear on that, your body is meant to compensate if you haven't trained it. If you haven't trained a certain pattern, your body's meant to compensate. That's what it's meant to do. If you're feeling pain somewhere or something's not quite right and something doesn't engage, that's natural to compensate. If it doesn't compensate, we have a far bigger problem on our hands. Mm. But the aim is always to get out of that compensation for the aims of what we're doing. Mm. So then from there, I guess we can move into having pain and compensation patterns, how they tie into each other. So what do you find the main reason is that when people start seeing this compensation, why they have pain associated with that so much? 
Most of the time also too, it seems to be muscles around joints taking over and it becomes that things are getting over enhanced. So some muscles that maybe should be helping with stability is actually now starting to do uh, activity. So it's actually starting to help with things because bigger muscles can't or haven't been trained in those motor patterns or in those ranges of motion. So we end up seeing people starting with a lot more smaller muscles taking over those jobs and making sure then that that actually becomes a heightened awareness. Suddenly that is a fatigued muscle very quickly. It's not meant to do that for a massive amount of time. It's only meant to be there to stabilize and help support certain joints. Suddenly we see people ending up compensating with things and that pain takes over. So we start to see people with chronic things that happen with them. So they're looking for, you know, continual acute, I've got lower back issues, I've got, you know, issues with things that happen in joint stabilities and stuff like that. And you can stretch it out, you can rest it, mm. and that muscle is gonna feel better, that injury is gonna go away, but as soon as you go back to doing what you're Same doing, thing. it's going to reoccur and it's gonna come back. And, and because that, that um, central nervous system patterning with that muscle is mm. so in tune, it's like a super highway that's down somewhere that ends up being just laying perfect pavement, uh, we've always it's, it's it's very quick to get that response and suddenly you're getting that pain response to your brain saying this is not right i'm suddenly so overactive uh, yeah. we shouldn't be doing this so it takes work to train it out of that you need to have that work to that consciously train it. you out of it mm. to train a new pattern there because that habit's taken so long to develop we can't expect in a day everything to be fixed but we can start working towards that and get a little bit of relief mm. in that day so then if we think about those muscle cramps we were talking about earlier and how we think about that muscle engaging like you were saying about the highway is if your calves don't engage amazing and you're trying to grow your calves you need them you need better engagement patterns there mm. so currently the road from your brain which needs to connect with that calf muscle is like a dusty old road there's rocks there's grass it's really hard to find that connection is going to be very very slow and very inefficient so it's going to be a lot easier for your brain to move that connection to any other surrounding muscle which has a better engagement pattern. Better connection. There, a, a better, better connection. connection. So by making that muscle repeatedly cramp purposely over and over again, it's telling your brain, it's here I am, I'm here, it's speeding up that connection it's slowly building that road up into a highway and then into a motorway mm. it's making it faster and easier and quicker so it's the first thing that engages when and we're also getting that increased muscle activation in that muscle so we're actually trying to wake the whole thing up rather than using 10 percent of that muscle which is obviously going to be very hard to try and grow your entire muscle for that or for or, or recruit the strength for that muscle if we're only using 10 percent of it we've still got that 90 percent sitting there ready to use we're trying to get that so that your, your your nervous system is feeling better with it and is able to be more equipped with using it and saying, I do have all this extra muscle fibers here. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's go and use it. It's going to make it more efficient for all of us to end up getting in. Like a team sport, we want to make sure that everyone's in there having a go and we're all Whole helping each other engaged. out. That's exactly right. Rather than just looking at the individual out by themselves, doing all the work and no one else doing anything to help because if you look at trying to increase strength and size in that muscle if you're engaging 10 percent of the fibers in your muscle you're going to feel it and it's going to be there but you're not going to be able to fatigue the entire muscle to then grow that strength and that size hmm. so by slowing down temporarily for some people that might be for 
one to three sessions if they're an experienced lifter and done lifter, before. if they've lifted weights before otherwise it might be something like three weeks to three months to try and get that initial and it may starter. also be periodical with that as in hmm. it may not be purposefully for that continual time we may it may be up and down so you may need to be able to find that balance with doing some slow stuff then getting that patterning away from it to be able to then re-establish that connection and make sure that everything's working together so we're not saying that you have to do it as complete three months no. all at once it just may be a progression over time that you're doing it it's so. a stagger and it's incorporated with your training because when you start training it's really important to make sure that you are lifting that load that you are moving you're getting that breathing going and you're getting that well-rounded fitness developing while you're working on your muscle engagement it doesn't work even though it seems like it may work better to just do all your muscle engagement work first, then you can start exercising. Mm. It doesn't work like that at all. Mm. It's all interwoven with each other in that first initial startup period, which is really, really important for achieving those goals that you want. Yeah, to make sure that you're able to get through it. So uh, there's a few things to think about with your training, certainly different stuff that you can end up going through uh, to try. So maybe you're getting bored with certain stuff and you think that maybe something like this is worth giving a go. Uh, it's something that you can certainly try. You can find heaps of information out there on it, on muscle engagement and on making sure that you can work that muscle patterning uh, to help you. Helps you get out of pain by all means if it's not just for you to do work at the gym. If you're finding that there is areas of your body that are feeling uh, overactive and hyper painful like painful you're getting that with that uh, by all means it's a chance to slow it down and um, joints and um, areas of your body by all means feel a little bit easier when everything's working properly around it and we all know that if everything's really bad and we feel really hard about something we end up tucking up to a ball and we don't want to do anything about it that's the same with our joints and our muscular around it this is one little step that you do every time that you train every time you get into the gym or even just two to three times a week mm. at a maximum mm. you do this and you're slowly getting out of it when you're in pain it's not a massive thing that you have to do something about it's not something that's going to take you three hours a day every day it's just a little five to ten minute chip away that's going to help you mm. if you found that this helped you today give us a like or a review that really helps us out with helping people through this podcast otherwise we will see you next week